Hey guys, and welcome to my podcast. You're listening today about what we can learn from animal representation in Paleolithic art. So I kind of want to begin with giving you guys like a quick background of what cave art necessarily is, and basically um, the definition of parietal art is art that's done on a cave um, or rocks or surfaces. Basically, we try to, are trying to find a connection between cave art from the past and how we can connect that to the way humans are. So first things first, I kind of wanted to talk about how in today's time, cave art has related to us and kind of how we can see similarities, especially with what happened during quarantine with the Black Lives Matter protests and things like that. So I'll begin by talking about how many cave artists were actually massive racists and they believed that the white community needed to stick together and focus on cave art and animal representation and a lot of their animal representations actually had very derogatory meanings toward the african-american community and things like that um to talk a little bit about okay Hi everyone, welcome to my podcast. My name is Christiana Ferrucci and I'm a second year at UC Davis. I'm going to be talking about what we can learn from animal representation in Paleolithic art. I'll go into a little bit of detail about what these drawings were and kind of how they've influenced society today and specifically me and what I've taken from this. So to tell you a little bit about myself, I am an MPB major and I plan to work in psychiatry, but something that I love to do as a hobby is paint. My entire walls in my room are covered with my own paintings that I draw, so I kind of wanted to just preface that with kind of what I'll be relating to throughout this podcast. Hi everyone, welcome to my podcast. My name is Christiana Ferrucci and I'm a second year at UC Davis. I'm going to be talking about what we can learn from animal representation in Paleolithic art. I'll go into a little bit of detail about what these drawings were and kind of how they've influenced society today and specifically me and what I've taken from this. So to tell you a little bit about myself, I am an MPB major and I plan to work in psychiatry, but something that I love to do as a hobby is paint. My entire walls in my room are covered with my own paintings that I draw, so I kind of wanted to just preface that with kind of what I'll be relating to throughout this podcast. Hi everyone, welcome to my podcast. My name is Christiana Ferrucci and I'm a second year at UC Davis. I'm going to be talking about what we can learn from animal representation in Paleolithic art. I'll go into a little bit of detail about what these drawings were and kind of how they've influenced society today and specifically me and what I've taken from this. 
So to tell you a little bit about myself, I am an MPB major and I plan to work in psychiatry, but something that I love to do as a hobby is paint. My entire walls in my room are covered with my own paintings that I draw. So I kind of wanted to just preface that with kind of what I'll be relating to throughout this podcast. Hi everyone, welcome to my podcast. My name is Christiana Ferrucci and I'm a second year at UC Davis. I'm going to be talking about what we can learn from animal representation in Paleolithic art. I'll go into a little bit of detail about what these drawings were and kind of how they've influenced society today and specifically me and what I've taken from this. So to tell you a little bit about myself, I am an MPB major and I plan to work in psychiatry, but something that I love to do as a hobby is paint. My entire walls in my room are covered with my own paintings that I draw, so I kind of wanted to just preface that with kind of what I'll be relating to throughout this podcast. Hello everyone, my name is Christiana Ferrugi. I'm a second year UC Davis student. I'm an NPB major and a little bit about myself is that some things I love to do on my free time are to paint and I'm specifically interested in genetics and just what makes humans tick and yes so some things I'll be focusing on for this podcast is kind of what today's age can learn from animal representation in paleolithic art so I kind of want to begin with talking about zoomorphism which are animal attributes that are imposed upon non-animal objects this honestly really reminds me of just abstract art and kind of how people have turned something that was almost imagined scenarios into something so beautiful in today's time um a really early cave art theme was human representations especially um genitalia so we look at raw ox sorciers in France, as well as Grotes Troyes, France, and we can see that there's um, erections as well as women genitalia drawn onto the caves. Um, this is also seen in. Aubrey Cellier and Aubrey Costanet, both in France as well. We also see a lot of human representation on the caves, which I feel, although it's not necessarily animal related, they kind of combine the look of humans as well as the look of animals onto one thing. And these are very like abstract symbols, and this was like very common in cave art. But human representation was actually very rare. 
so kind of seeing those things combined was super interesting if we focus on evidence of a strong stylistic tradition we can look at the cave Chauvet and at the end of the chamber it kind of has almost the exact same drawing as another panel in the cave but then we also can see at certain points in the cave there's red panel gatherings and so something that I found very interesting about the red coloring and just kind of like a very common use of paint I guess because there wasn't really like paint obviously like we use in today's time so they were actually using this um stone called ochre and basically it talks about it was used in a lot of things at this time including skin for your skin so that you don't get sunburnt basically a sunscreen and it was kind of just the most common widespread coloring tool that was associated with cave paintings and it's just it's extremely old it can go all the way to 60,000 years old and it just helped the creativity I guess of humans something else that I find that kind of relates to today's society is that at the time animals were the main source of food but in today's time there are people that are vegans and vegetarians for example i don't eat red meat so these oxens that a lot of the cavemen were drawing on the walls they were using as a hunt hunting method so in today's time obviously we wouldn't see that as much because we can just go head over to the store and buy some meat if if we want it but the production and everything else is also very damaging to the environment in today's time but back then they did it in a much more non-detrimental way to talk a little bit about the dating methods and how they can kind of tell exactly what time it was done is that a lot of people in a lot of cases with cave art they use uranium thorium dating which can go all the way back to 65 ka I feel like this is very controversial to talk about kind of the relationships between the prehistoric people and animals by saying that they were more respected at that time than they were now, but truthfully I think the way that the animals were depicted in most cases on the caves was very elegant and kind of... They were seen as essential because that was the only way that they would live. Versus in today's time, nobody really worries about what they're eating. and Well, not nobody, but for most parts, it's less 
serious and more just less care, I guess. So, to talk a little bit more about how this has directly influenced me in comparing that time versus now would be how much people use painting as a way to kind of relax and almost use it as a form of therapy. For me, I have always like really enjoyed to paint and I think that I mean without this time frame back then we wouldn't really have that much of an interest in it we also always see symbols being used in today's time kind of especially in abstract art sometimes it's not even a face it's just a symbol and you can tell that it's a face which was used a lot back then and basically it's just part of the human world of meaning and it uses abstract constructs that represent and stand for another idea image or belief it's all knowledge based to go kind of backwards into what i was saying earlier about ochre many of the cave paintings have red and black pigments in common and it is assumed that the red was kind of the earliest form of symbolism but there's more to it because ochre shows how our brains were developing and that we were using our environment and it bridges the divide between art and science which i found super interesting because a lot of people consider art and science to be extremely different but we kind of if we were to see them in the same light they could be very similar things because they both require a lot of brain power and creativity and i could go on about that forever but i'll move on um so for a really long time the presence of cave art and human figurines in europe was used to justify how advanced ancient europeans were and basically the europeans were modern and everyone else was primitive which i found kind of interesting because obviously this also relates to today's time by kind of there's like a social hierarchy between people and americans are different than europeans and like every everybody kind of views has their own view on different countries and how the way that they handle situations and the way that they work and there's like a stigma for everyone (laughs) to kind of talk about the cultural aspects of cave art I kind of did a little bit more research on ethnography, which we talked about in class, but it's basically the observation and description of cultures and behaviors, and not only did the cave art help them with their hunting and, you know, 
give them that relaxation, that therapy that a lot of people crave in life, but it also allowed them to express themselves in ways that people hadn't really understood before, and it gives us now, today, an idea of kind of the way that they worked and, like, the way their mind worked, which kind of interests me and relates to what I'm very interested in, which is just the way that the mind works and the way that we grow as human beings and it's cool to like look back and see that these people felt this way based off of a drawing and we can kind of just really read somebody based off of specific artwork so it just expands our perspective and it describes human cultural diversity more fully it kind of gives us a more in-depth understanding of what art can and can't be and it makes people kind of want to understand these material forms of representation as metaphorically based social meaningful constructs. Hello everyone and welcome to my podcast. Today I'm going to be talking a little bit about animal representation in Paleolithic art and I'm going to kind of relate it to how it's affected many people in today's time so many decades later and I kind of want to talk about why it specifically has affected me without even honestly knowing until researching and finding out all of this stuff through this class. So to give everyone a brief overview of who I am, my name is Christiana Ferrugi. I'm a second year UC Davis student and I study neurobiology, physiology, and behavior. Some things I enjoy doing on my free time is painting, hanging out with my housemates, and meditating in hopes to gain a connection with my inner self. Now I'm going to go into a little more detail about cave art and the context and connections behind it. I want to talk about what we can learn from these prehistoric peoples and their relationships with animals. So there are many theories as to what made these people decide to begin painting these creations on the cave walls. And some of these theories include spiritualism, art for art's sake, hunting magic, and structuralism. The idea that kind of interests me most and makes the most sense to me is spiritualism, which is basically pretty self-explanatory. It's the belief that art was made in caves for the purpose of performing spiritual practices in hopes to gain a better understanding of their role in the world and to kind of connect more with their environment and nature surrounding them. This practice is actually seen today in hunting gathering societies still, and it also really just reminds me of meditation and yoga. And although there's a lot less art in those practices, um, there's like a lot of thought process and kind of tries to build the mind which kind of relates to the idea of spiritualism because humans are still trying to practice their connections with their spirituality and earth itself. One cave with specific examples of spiritualism is La Cue Freres in France. This cave used many zoomorphic imagined figures which resembled shamans and fit them into scenarios outside of the natural and physical world. Some examples of the zoomorphic figures they used inside the caves 
includes erections drawn onto animals as well as a combination of antlers, hairy ears, and horse tails on human-like figures.